I can do better. This is the final score, episode 157 for Wednesday, May 14th, 2014. Everybody and welcome back to the final score, the video game podcast for the rest of us. My name is Scott Johnson. It's Brian Ibbett over there. Brian Ibbett. Brian Dunaway Brian over there. I just Ibbett. got off the phone with him. I can't help it. I'm like Brian idiot. <laughs> Ooh, zing is what that is. That's a real zinger. Zing. Smack talk. Uh, Nicole is sick today. She has. She's totally sick, yo. She has strep. Streptococcus. And she uh, did that for Mark. Uh, I don't know. We had this conversation earlier. We'd have to censor it here. <laughs> you would. Uh, we, she's been ill for a while, had this streptococcus deal, strep deal, and it's uh, been real rough. So we said, don't worry about it, man. Don't freaking worry about it. Don't come on the show. Don't make, it, don't make the rest of us sick. Leave that stuff at home. I don't want, this, I don't want the pod strip. Nope. I always wonder, though, this, like, this microphone cover thing I have, this right here, I feel like I should wash that more. You know? Oh, dude, for sure, because you're constantly spitting on that thing. Yeah. And- <laughs> Every day. To it, and yes, bad. My big red clown nose of a pop guard, I probably ought to get it cleaned. But that's not what matters here today. What matters is video games, and uh, we should hear from Casey later. I believe we'll hear from our, our good buddy, board game geek man, Dan. He'll be here. And uh, a reminder before we get moving here, there are still only a few tickets available left at Nerdtacular 2014. If you want to meet me, Brian, and Nicole... Uh, and shake all the hands therein. This yeah. is your this is your chance to do it in the same room. So come on, man, let's go. Come I'll on shake. down. Good time, Salt Lake City. I'll shake your clammy Nintendo grabbing claw of a hand that you have. I'll shake it. I'll shake your clam. What? <laughs> hey, what are you playing? <laughs> See, I was like dude talk. Nicole's not here, so we can talk like dudes. We can do the dude thing tonight. That's right. So, or do we have a chat room? Are they in there? Yeah, they're in there. They're all hanging out, see. doing the thing they do. I gotta log in. Uh, oh, they said the video died. Did the video? No, video's still good here. And now you're a bunch of idiots. Did the video go down? Oh, they they did. Uh, well, I, oh. it says they're good here. Okay, well, we'll just reconnect that real quick. So, those watching this on YouTube, you'll get the full Monty, but these people in the chat room will get yeah, less. YouTube than is the covered, Monty. and uh, the audio. Folks are covered, and I'll bring it up again. So yeah, I'm getting sorry, I'm getting loading, loading video as well. Mine says offline. I don't know. It what could, a great way to start a gaming podcast. It could be. Uh, it's got to be stream. I, I, it's got to be Twitch. I, I'm not doing anything. Maybe I Twitch. It. I've had trouble with Gmail today too with my final score document and everything else. Really, just just dumping on me from time to time. You I'm know wearing what else? my Dropbox. Drum, wearing my Dropbox. Uh, that Ryan gave me. Remember that oh, guy? Oh, yeah, that's a great guy. We love Ryan. Love that guy. It's looking good, dude. Although I don't like how it splits down the middle for the zipper. Splits down. Now it just says box. <laughs> Maybe drop. Drop, yeah. yeah. Drop on the right. Right. Uh, so anyway, I apologize, everybody, for the uh, the mishap there. I don't know what's going on with this streaming video, but the audio stream is working. That's up. I can confirm that. And the video for YouTube is recording. So there you go. All right. Enough yeah. of that stuff. Forget it. Just all go away. Okay, here's so are you, here, do, what? Are you doing that? Are you doing that podcast thing where you do the the Diablo three? Uh, yeah, it's called the Diablo Show. 
Yeah. It airs weekly crap? on the Frog Pants Network. It's uh, all about? it's me talking about Diablo. Mm. And uh, now is it, is it kind of like a kind of a, like an American Me kind of thing that uh, what was it? What's that show called in NPR? The American Me. Uh, oh, American this Life. This American, American Life. Life. Yeah. Um, that's funny you say that. No, but it's got some things you could say. Or I mean, definitely tonally, I'm going for something very different than I've ever done. Right. On that show. So if you're into Diablo and you're also into maybe experimental podcasting. Which uh, I am. Yeah, which you clearly are. Right. Then I think you might want to do that because it's fun. Right. So um, you play some Diablo, I'm assuming. I've been playing a bunch of that as always. That game. They, they made the game I wanted. They made the Diablo I wanted and needed uh, right. with this expansion. And it just is so good. It, it's I can get in for 10 minutes. I can be in for huge sessions. I can go in to just farm things. I can go in to have specific goals in mind. I can go in trying to find very specific gear or recipes or whatever. I can go in just to earn gold or help a friend level. There's a million reasons to go in. Right, right. And I like them all. So uh, call me completely hooked, but maybe for the first time since, boy, let me think back. Yeah, I'm going to say this. Ready? Get ready for this. All right. I'm you're, you're holding, holding. You got holding something? Okay, here you go. I'm holding. Right. Not I'm, since Vanilla WoW in 2004, wow. meaning the original launch of, of World of Warcraft, have I been I this? I hated Vanilla WoW. You didn't, I know you didn't like it at all. I didn't like it at all. You got like, like, like level, what, 30 or something? Yeah, so you, something like that. Or something but back then that, was, back then that was significant. No, was that was significant yeah. because now you can get to 30 in like a couple hours. It's like no like big deal. Yeah. But back in the day, that was really hard. But I was so you hooked on that game. You can buy your way in now. Well, sort of. But I was so into that game. It, it has been since then that I've been this into something, and uh, right. I can't, I can't, I can't stop. I can't stop. I won't stop. I can't stop. And you're just doing this uh, mono, right? Except for the for a guest, you bring guests on, rotating guest, right? Uh, no, yeah, it depends. Like little interviews here and there with people that, like, you know, we right. had Ralph on talking about the the Ralph. strength of the barbarian versus the crusader and why that was a cool thing and. We have uh, phone calls that come in and we play those through the show instead of having like some kind of weird designated segment for it. Right, just trying right. to change things up, trying to do things a little bit different, approaching it from a, from a direction I think people aren't used to. So I'm You know what it sounds it. like? Mm. It sounds like a really focused, narrow podcast on Diablo. Yeah, it is. It totally is. If you're not interested in Diablo, I'm not sure there's anything there for you. But right, right. if you like it... Um, I listened to most of the first. I listened to most of the first episode. Well, you. Oh, I'm glad you made it that far. That's, some, that's impressive. <laughs> kind of like you on the first act. <laughs> Get it? I've been in the first act many times, my friend. Yeah, so many times. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm real happy with it, and the downloads are enormous for a first couple of weeks show for me. I've never had them be that high, so I'm. It's huge because the game is ginormous, and and Blizzard and Activision are having record year for just blowing it out. Yeah, they're doing good jobs, or they're they're enjoying their their success. Let's put it that way, and they deserve it. This is a hell of a game. Oh yeah. So yeah. I'll shut up about it now. But Diablo three still kind of owning me. There's a new patch out this week. It's kind of a big deal. Been enjoying the hell out of that, and. uh here, I'll tell you one frustrating thing. I'm going to share it again on the weekend, but um, not frustrating, but this is kind of what you can expect sometimes. So right, right. the other night I ran some uh, Torment 3, Torment 2 rift runs, which you probably don't know what those are, but that's something you do in the game. Right. And it's super hard, really hard to do, but right, I'm right. geared for it so I can handle it. And I walked out of there with no upgrades, 
Nothing but poopy drops. Mostly just gold. No big deal. <laughs> but that's how sometimes that's sometimes <laughs> that's sometimes how it goes, and you just live with what you get. Right. I go back in with uh, a buddy who needs to just farm something so it's on normal, so we can just tear through it. Right. Right. And the first barrel I explode. Which as soon as I walked in, I see a barrel. Brr, zap the barrel. It explodes and poops out a legendary item that I totally needed. I'm, I'm taking that. I took that. Put that. Well, you get your own loot is instant oh, to that yeah, game. True, true. So you all get your own right, loot. Right. So I put that thing on total upgrade. I walk a few more feet, blow up. A, or no, I kicked over a corpse. And sometimes gold, right, sometimes right. nothing comes out of those guys. This time he pooped out a recipe for uh, a complete set that I could now have my blacksmith make. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Kind of rare. Every, hard to get. Every Blizzard game I've ever played, whenever it, I'm just, I'm just not a big recipe collector. I, you I know you don't that have to be. You don't have to craft at all in this game, but the crafting's so easy and simple. It's actually really fun because all you're doing is like, you're you're getting tons of gear you're never going to use, so you you salvage right. that stuff, you burn that down into core ingredients, and right? Then right. Keep that. Just keep it in your storage, and then while you're all running around and you find this awesome hard to get recipe, ooh, sweet, go back to the blacksmith. Literally, just click a button that says "Make this." If you have all the ingredients, right. you just hit "Make it." And he makes it, and you put it on. It's as simple. Do you as know that. how hard my eyes roll when I have to make something? I mean, just, <laughs> ah, just my headache. It's because not I'll that just kind like, of crafting, though. It's not like that. It, it really isn't. But then I get in there, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go do that thing. And I jump in there, and I'm like, blacksmith, make this for me. And he goes, you need two more of these. And I'm like, crap. Yeah. And I go out, and I think I got it. And I say, I got it now. I got it. And I'm coming back. Come back to the blacksmith. Here you go, blacksmith. Nope, you forgot the egg. Do you have Crash. trouble with with real life recipes and going to the grocery store and getting the right items? Is that is that a thing you don't do well? Absolutely. If that's true, then that explains it because that's as simple as that. It's just like have a list, know what you need. If I wanted to go grocery shopping, I'd play <laughs> life. It's my favorite game of all. All right, that's fair. That's a fair point. But you don't ever have to touch crafting even once if you don't want to. Really yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing like uh, World of Warcraft crafting. I mean, it's very simple. It's it's pretty much just point and click yeah, and completely understand. Uh, anyway, so that's a game. That's thing. That's the thing I'm playing. Also, very hooked on and quite enjoying. Uh, is uh, Mar- Mario Golf for the 3DS out now? Brand oh, new. Yes, I was wanting to get this. Blew off is my. I haven't played the D, uh, the the 3DS since I had my my binge on uh, that uh, Zelda game that came out last year. Right, right. So I, I dusted that thing off, downloaded Mario Golf 3DS, and I've always been a Mario Golf fan. I think they are they are uh, they're fun, whimsical Mario games, but they're at their core, they're really, really strong competitive golf games. Right, and right. And this is no exception. It's really, really good. It's priced right. It, it's awesome. Is it good as Hot Shots Golf? Yes, that, better, better. Always been that? better than that. Yeah, I don't what? mind Hot Shots. It's fun. It's good. Right. This is, I mean, the, the original, I want to say the original Mario Golf for the N64 was from Camelot Entertainment who made mm-hmm. the Hot Shot series. Right. But that's not them anymore. I don't know who's doing it now, but it's it's all true to the core. It feels great, fun, great, awesome. My favorite part is the tournaments. You can set up these private tournaments or do the public ones. But I like the private ones because I can set one up and I can spread that number around and say, hey, everybody, go join this tournament. And all my friends and uh, Frog Pants people can get in. And then right, right. if they go golf before me and then I go to do my 18 holes, uh, <laughs> and you'd laugh at that. I go to do that with those guys and I can see their ghost balls. <laughs> <laughs> so their balls, I can see your ghost balls. <laughs> their balls are like flying all over the place for each, for each of my, um, you know, my right, strokes, right. their balls are flying. <laughs> oh, geez. This, this isn't getting any better. Terrible conversation. This is real terrible. bad. 
So if I'm on, let's say I've, I'm, I, it's a four par uh, shot, right? And I'm on the third right. shot. I'm seeing everybody else's third shots as well. And I see everyone's putts at the end. Uh, kind of all, ha- they're not all standing around, but their balls are, <laughs> their balls are moving without them all over the place. That's just, you can't talk about this without referring to the balls in that way. You can't. Uh, it's really, bad. really fun. I think it's a totally great, good game. Some people have complained because there's DLC that uh, the only way you can get the new courses is through the DLC. But it's fifteen bucks, and if you're enjoying it, I don't, I don't think it's a big hit. Oh, so the the, the core game is, or the DLC is fifteen bucks. The, the core game is twenty nine. Is it? What are you people complaining about? Thirty. That's cheap yeah. for Nintendo. It is. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. But then again, some of them are saying, well, it's only cheap because. Those extra courses are going to cost you, or the season pass for those courses is going to cost you fifteen bucks. And now well, you're back up to the. Well, that's for me because I'm never going to, I'm never going to get the DLC anyway. Yeah, if I'm you're not going to get play. that, then you don't care. No, you don't care. It's fine. Exactly. That actually works out good for me. It's really good if you like if you like uh, video game golf games and or portable golf games or Mario golf or Nintendo games generally. Right. Uh, then that game's great, and I'm totally this, loving it. Does this make you want to play the tennis? It's really well made. Um, no. Mario no. Tennis does not interest me as much. Not at all. Because this is like a turn-based strategy game in a way. Golf always right. has sort of been. And it's, a, I don't know, it's a different experience. Uh, playing a tennis game, is too, it's all action and just no, I don't know. That's not, I'm not into that. Don't care about that. No. Mario Golf, 3DS, get it now. On store, on the e-store, the e-thing, what's it called? E, the, uh, the, the Nintendo, Nintendo store. Nintendo e-store. E-thing. E. E-bag. E-balls. <laughs> I don't know. I like it though. Oh, and I didn't mention. So the thing I like about it the most, I think, is the RPG elements in it. Oh, so really? it's funny because my my Diablo addiction leads right into this because right. after every match, you're unlocking new stuff and getting uh, gear essentially. So I, I I unlock the original black and white Game Boy set, which is hat, oh. shirt, gloves, pants, and it's all colored and has like buttons on it, stuff that look like an old 3ds or uh, sorry, an old really? uh, uh, an old Game Boy. Does and that look cooler than it sounds? It doesn't look very cool, but right. you look like a nerd, really. It's bad. Right, right. But it gives you all these stat bonuses, so like an extra seven yards on my on my drives and an extra nah. uh, extra control or sweet spot on on landing on the green or you know a, a bonus to how well I putt or whatever. So uh, all of those stats keep getting bumped every time I get a new ball or I found a new club or I unlock a new pair of pants. <laughs> Or whatever. It's very, very stat-driven RPG kind of stuff, and you unlock it by playing. So it's great. Right, right. I really like it. I like that a lot. I'm excited uh, about and that. If you, I, that's, yeah, and you people. Listen, pressure. you people out there, who am I referring to? That's right, you people. You people. You people want to uh, play with me. You want to be down with OPP. You need to wow. get that game, and then I will start publishing these uh, these codes on Twitter like I did on the first one. Which, by the way, I took third place in. Brian Ibbett took seventh. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. Anyway, I'll put those up publicly and we can all play together. And I don't even know if there, I don't think there's a limit. I think it's as many you want to play as, so as can. So you got beat in your own tournament? Oh, yeah. A guy got uh, 10 strokes uh, under me, too. He was, he was, um, <laughs> that sounds bad, too. Everything about this game is perverted. That guy got, so I was, uh, I want to say I was seven, seven under, which is pretty good. Um, working with a zero handicap. I've been feeling really good about my game. And that guy got 17 under, and I don't know how he did it. That means he got some holes in one. That means he got a lot of double birdies. I don't know what's happening with him. He's amazing. His name is, I think it was Jeremy or Travis. No, Travis. 
So Travis, yeah, Jeremy Travis, it sounds the yeah, same to me. You did yeah. a good job there. Way to go, Randy Travis. Maybe that was his name. Randy, right. Randy Travis. He says, I'm gonna I'm gonna love you forever. And ever and ever. Amen. That's why why is Coverville in the chat room? I don't know what he's doing, but I like it. It feels right. Yeah. It, it feels feel right, right that he's in there. Um he says another dig. It's funny because they're all on the audio lag now because the video's not working, I guess. Is it right, not working? Right. Some people see it, it, some people don't. I'm seeing it. I'm not seeing it in Google Chrome, but I'm seeing it in uh, Firefox. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Something's up. Explain that. Something Explain up. It's got that. nothing to do with me. I wish it did. I got the bandwidth. It's not me. Right. Um, all right. Tomorrow Golf. Check it out. Check it. Uh, Wildstar Beta for the PC. Now, I have said on this very show. That I'm I, interested. That I have been dis- disappointed in the past really? with the early sort of closed beta period for Wildstar. I didn't, I was not blown away. I was not really impressed. I was kind of super bored. I didn't really like it. And I thought, well, that's disappointing because I was really looking forward to this animation style and this quirky story and this news place to play in. And, you know, like I was kind of excited Then I played it and I went, oh, okay, well, Mm, this may not be for me. Not so Wildstar. The open beta though, I don't know what happened. I don't know why they were holding back so much stuff or maybe they've been cramming, but it's pretty good. Like, really? What's, uh, what, what, huge what improvement. It? Well, right. they fixed the UI, and I know they hired an old Blizzard employee to do the UI on this thing. Good plan. Uh, last minute, like recently, that guy went over there and like fixed their UI. It's so much better what's, now. What's it kind of like? Did he come in and kind of go like, move? Yeah, out of the, yeah, like the old, who used to do it? was this Fallon, wasn't it? Yeah, Fallon used to do that. Uh, well, was he was the, the tech support guy. Uh, right. Oh my gosh. IT, IT guy. Um, uh, we'll see it in the chat room in about 10 minutes. Everybody else can scream <laughs> at, their, at their monitors or speakers now. I go, with you, you big morons. It's blast. That's funny. Move. Um, so, what was my point? I forgot. Oh, um, so all that stuff is better. Interface stuff is better. Um, right. It looks better. The, the towns used to be real empty, in my opinion. Like everything was just real barren. And now that stuff is just full of life and all kinds of crazy stuff happening. The quests are really fun. The initial opening zones are really kind of cool. Right. Like I think they might actually be onto something here and I'm, I'm having a turnaround on it. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to eschew my love for World of Warcraft or something like this, but <laughs> it is an interesting alternative for sure. Right. And I guess I'm surprised they turned it around. I, I, maybe they always knew the, the open beta was going to be good and they were just, doing a build that was just poopy and knew it. But I think that was bad for them. I think a lot of people got a kind of an early yeah, bad taste in their mouth. I don't think they were doing that. I think, I think they probably released what was stable and it was probably some really good stuff that happened along the way. And they're like, we can't release it. It's not stable. Maybe, which is, which is smart, but also like you said, it can leave a bad first impression. Like, I think that's what happened to uh, the Star Trek online game. I remember when I played it, I was super stoked to be in the beta. Yeah. I had ordered, I pre-ordered it and everything got in there and it just seemed I just got bored really quick. But once it got released, the, you know, the content got there eventually, but it was too late. Yeah. It was just too late. Everybody well, was done. It's well, like, eh. I mean, this is, you know, Blizzard, when they do a beta, it's always almost finished. Like, right. They don't do betas unless it looks like a finished game by anyone else's standards. And because they've set that example, I think it's hard to match up to that. And if these guys could have done that, they would have made a better impression. Or maybe right. they didn't need to do this other beta testing. Maybe they could have just waited till this open beta and and really impress people because it's a much 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 better experience than it was even two months ago. 
Is, is it going to separate from the money, the monthly money? No, nope, they're going to. Well, here's what I predict, but that's, I mean, they're going to be there. They are a subscription game at launch. That's the plan. Right. And that comes out right, June, right. June something. June, June the something the, soon. Out of beta in June. Um, June, June Sometime in June. June-ish. But uh, they, yeah. uh, they, I th- give them a year and they'll be free to play. It's just the way this stuff goes. Yeah. And it's not a bad idea. It's really not a bad plan. I mean, if you go ahead and go in and go, how about people want to pay fourteen ninety five? Do you? Do you? No, free to play. All right, fine. Yeah, in a way, I guess. I mean, some people see it as just a failure. Like, if you can't make it work that way, then why'd you try to do it? But I would submit right. that these games are in development for five, six years. And five, six years ago, a pay-to-play game was the way you did it. And right. to retrofit that at some point in the last year or so is probably an untenable uh, prospect. So I, I feel like they right, right. they probably had to do it the way they did it. But there's no way that stays pay to play. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I don't. I, I I've seen it and I've watched videos on YouTube. Yeah, and uh, I I want to play it and I'm interested in playing it, but I don't see me doing it long term. Yeah, me neither. I mean, Wow's where my love is right now. I'm a little bit. I mean, Wow and I aren't getting along that. Well, I mean, we're getting along, but we're just not. I'm just not. Yeah. Whenever there's a new expansion on the horizon, I, I get like right, oh, I right. just want that. Now, Blizzard did a thing for me that I'm I'm really grateful to them for, which is they released Reaper of Souls and blew my mind. So right. I'm I'm pl- I got plenty of Blizzard in my life. You know that between that and laying in bed with an iPad playing, uh, oh Hearthstone, Hearthstone oh then gosh, I, yes. I don't know what else you'd even ask of a human being than that. That's a fantastic world to That's, live in. They're ruling your life right now. They're man. the best, man. That's why they're the best. Um, <laughs> All right. It's so crazy. They went from zero to launch in a year with Hearthstone. And that game is uh, predicted to make $30 million in 2014 alone. Man, I'm telling you, the card system, that's just been that's it's been around f- for a while. But it's, it's a just... free-to-play game that doesn't really force you to buy anything, yet they're no. still going to make that much money. Because people want it. Well, the rest of the industry should pay attention because obviously they know what the hell they're doing. Right, right, right. I'm obviously a fanboy, and I admit it, but they there's a reason Blizzard is doing what they do. There's a reason I've they're successful. Fan- I've been playing the crap out of Hearthstone on my iPad, and I just got an iPad too, hmm. so it's, it's a little bit laggy. Just in in the initial start, the initial start's kind of slow, and I'm like, come on, let's go. But then once I get in there, I do pretty good. I have found out that um, I suck. Oh, not, that's not that's not that's not unlike me. I'm not great, right? I'm okay. And I, I think, but I think that's by design. I think you're supposed to suck levels one through ten because you know I got the what you start out as a mage, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah, and yeah, and so yeah, you it, play the, the whole tutorial with her. And by the way, she's not. Yeah. A lot of people think, oh, you just give up on her and move on to a cool character after that. Totally right. not true. She's still rad. She's totally rad. Yeah, Who's should, I, I played against one class, and I was like, holy crap, these guys are kicking my trash. I can't remember who it was though. Let me see where my iPad is. Well, they're all good. What's I mean, that? What's that? Here's the thing. If you talk to Dills at all, he'll tell you all about the metagame and the metagame in this game is devious. There are people right. who know every in and out possible deal and they've got decks that are crafted exactly and the, the right way to take noobs like you to town. Bastards. I bet they would because I played, I played against real people a couple of times. Yeah. Got my hand. It just got just bad. Well, yeah, bad, I mean, that's all I do is play people now, and I need, to, I need to rank up, actually, because at the end of the month, you get a, a new card back every time you hit a certain rank. Um, right. I missed the first one, so I really want the next one. Point is, bottom line... Is this free? Do we mention that? Uh, yeah, it's totally free. free. Of course it's free. doesn't cost yeah. you a damn thing. Um, and there are some of the top-ranked pay- players have never spent a dime. I mean, that tells you <laughs> something right there. You know me, I'm never going to spend a dime. Yeah, you're cheap as hell. I'm that cheapskate. Give me some free cards. You also played. Oh, I don't want to hear about Rocket Birds again. You still playing Rocket Birds, huh? Did I? Did we talk? I thought we, we did a little bit. Well, 
Well, we talked about it. Nicole played it, and she talked me into getting it, so I got it. And then I, I played it, and it was fun. Hold on, you recorded dollars. it. I recorded it. Yeah, I, I did a little recording on uh, on the YouTube. Let's play and, it here and uh, see what we got. Let's see what we got here. We got ooh, the sound to it ooh. and everything. Hold on. Skip ahead here. Okay. YouTube's slow today. It is. Every game I play, though, is always, ugh, ugh, because I'm always getting it. Oh, oh you're doing like a talk-through thing. I'm about to yeah. play a little bit of Rocket Bird. Oh, that's fantastic. Excuse Which me. is bad for your audio capture, but good for me. Hey, whatever, man. It's fine. Uh, but, yeah. It's still fun, though, I guess, yeah? It's still fun. It's Rocket Birds. It plays on just about any PC you put on. You know, it's about two stars above a Flash game, maybe. But it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, it seems a little flashy anyway. Flash game, like, I mean. Right, exactly. But uh, I've had a lot of fun with that. What I did get to play, though, that I had, I didn't think I would like at all. I decided to, because you inspired me uh, from your free-to-play playing a couple weeks weeks ago. When's the last time we recorded? It's been like three weeks, right? Oh, yeah. By the way, quick, I should have mentioned that. I apologize for the lack of of this show for the last two weeks. We, We had a plan. So the Friday got jacked. The Friday we normally would record got jacked up because of a client thing. Now that's a permanent thing, so we had to move Friday. the show. So we thought, all right, we'll bump it to Wednesday. It's only like a three-day delay, so see everybody mm-hmm. Wednesday. Wednesday rolls around, Nick's in surgery that day all day because right. of his appendix came uh, came a calling. He's so, all complaining. My side hurts. So that was <laughs> that was my son, and he was all freaking out, and he was in pain, so we had to go do that. Did that, got home the next day, like, well, I guess we just do a show the next Wednesday, right. and that's what this right. is. So, and and now Nicole has the mononucleosis. What does she have? Strep, strep, and so yeah, she can't be here. So which which I hate because I love Nicole. I did she get a reply from her. She said she fell asleep and she still feels like crap. And yeah, she was not. Uh, here, so. I fell asleep. Usually the excuse is I'm still playing Bioshock. That's usually the excuse we get. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm late. I was playing Bioshock. All right, so. Anyway, this is a um, kind of a first-person shooter kind of uh, free-to-play game. Guns it's called two. Gun Z. Guns two. Guns with a Z at the end. Right, yeah. and this is kind of it's kind of got that uh, Japanese flavor to it. You know what I'm talking about? Well, the first one definitely did. So right. I assume this does better. More of the same. You remember Mirror's Edge? Yeah, remember I that do. Game? Sliding under Freak stuff and running on the roofs Sliding, and yeah. roofs. Obsidian was all hot for that chick. Remember that? Right, it's more more butt uh, in this as well. Lots oh, of butt. You great, you, you pick a character and you follow the butt. That's what you do. Okay. That yeah, the tutorial so just, tells you just follow the butt. You follow the butt. Actually, what it says was pick a character and you get so many credits to start out with. And of course, you can buy more credits. It's free to play. But uh, I was like, okay. And so I I went through and I was I, I picked a, a a dude character because I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to sit there and follow an, an ass for two hours. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a big buff guy. And uh, so I picked him, but then for some reason I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't purchase it. And so then I just so went you back. you had to follow that guy's butt for two hours. Then. Right. So I fell back, and so now I got the girl, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but she's got these shorty shorts on. So, <laughs> Well, you felt sexist because you were looking at her butt the whole time? I'm too, yeah, because I'm too distracted. Mm. I'm looking, I'm like, oh, look at my butt. Look at I, look, so lean over. Look at that. Look, whoa, I'm picking stuff up. I noticed something about, my, about me the other day. I don't ever play girls in games ever. Unless it's right. uh, the core, you know, the main character is a girl. If it's if it's Tomb Raider, what else are you gonna do? But when I'm playing WoW or a MMO or even Diablo, I've I never play the girl characters ever. I usually it's about half and half for me. It's according because I consider girls usually to be more agile in most of my video games, and sometimes <laughs> they're a little bit overpowered. 
And uh, I, well, I yeah, like but like to, in a yeah. strat, but like in an MMO or an RPG or something. There's no difference. They're just a lady avatar versus a dude avatar. They don't have any extra power. Usually in that me. case, I pick a dude just because I can relate. I'm like, okay, I'm pretending to be this person. I can pretend to be a dude because I know what that's like. I have no idea what it's like to be a lady. Well, you know Matt. So Matt Anderson, right? Dark Anders in the community. I was playing right. Diablo with him earlier, and he was playing a lady, <clears throat> lady monk, and um, lady monk. And I, I wanted to ask him, like, what, what drove you to play a lady version of the monk? And I never did ask, but I'm always curious about what is, what are people's preferences? It never even occurs to me to go lady ever. I never do. I never want it. It's right, not like right, I'm right. like, oh, I can't be a lady. It's not like I'm freaking out. I just don't. It just is never in my head to try it or even care. It's just like, oh, male thing. Okay, go. And I'm in. Right, right, right. It's weird, right? But a little weird. It is weird. It is weird. But anyway, back to the guns. Yeah, back to guns with a Z. Guns too. Um, it is it's really fast paced, man. I mean, you're just like going nuts and and I was constantly running into the room where everybody was at because that's just typical stuff where you respawn at a location and you have to run to the fight. And it's just like this constant pile on of people in the center of the room, and everybody's better than me, of course. Because I never didn't play long enough because I only played a demo's worth. I didn't never had a chance to really get good enough at it. Right. But I started, I felt pretty comfortable near the end. I was able to uh, do some pretty sweet moves of walking up walls and flipping behind people and shooting them in the back of the head or knifing them a couple of times. You know what I mean? A little bit of violence. I understand. So it was def- yeah, so there's a lot of violence in this game, which I like. All right. But worth, it's free to play. It's worth playing. Free to play, but don't do like I did and just get in there and not understand the point system because sometimes I get in a hurry when I'm playing video games and I just want to get to the action part and I made some poor choices. Points are for jerks. Points are for jerks. Poor choices, Uh, but also also dishonored then. I well, I yes, I picked up Dishonored. I was it on sale or what, what happened there? It was on Super Sale. Game uh, Game Spy, I think Game Spy is not right. Uh, Gamefly <laughs> Game has their gone. digital has their digital service, and they got their May twenty off coupon or whatever it is. I think it is May twenty off. Anyway, May twenty uh, off, like twenty percent off. Yeah, twenty percent off, and they had it for sale for like five ninety nine. It's, it's on sale a lot of places for five ninety nine, seven forty nine. Anyway, Gamefly the best deal. Picked it up there, got that in the DLC, the first release DLC, and uh, I think it was like $5 activates on Steam. So I'm like, sweet, I'm in. Do it. So I downloaded Dishonored, and I played through, uh, played through probably about a demo's worth. And I don't want to say that because I actually said I bought it online, and somebody on Twitter said, you just going to play a demo's worth? And I said, shut up, no. <laughs> and uh, so far, that's all I've played. Shut but up, I, no. Okay. Shut up, no. Yeah. But yeah, I've. I'm I'm just now getting into that. I always hate talking about games that were kind of popular back a couple of years ago because everybody's like, oh, we've heard it, Brian. We've played Dishonored. We've already had the discussion about Dishonored. Welcome to the party. And uh, But it's, it's so far it's been entertaining. It's it's very stealthy. Yeah, I, li- I, I like it. it. I think it's a cool style. I dig it. I right, have it as well, play- but I kind of quit playing it when Diablo came out. <laughs> Right, you can play it. You can play it stealthy, or you can balls out, run through like a you know Mario Golf 3D. But uh, you can just. I, I'm really Mario Golf 3D. Right. Hey, I listen, really, Mario Golf. One of the th- you mentioned something like ripping through it. There's actually a feature that I don't remember being on the GameCube, and I could be wrong, uh, or even previous Game Boy versions of Mario Golf. But when I do my shots, if I'm really right. in a hurry, as soon as I hit him, I can hold the shoulder right button, the right shoulder button. Right, and right. everything speeds up to like a thousand percent. 
Oh, that's awesome. Between shots. It's awesome. It's Nothing great. worse than sitting there watching that ball sail through the air yeah, for slowly fall down a hill into a pit or bonk, whatever. Bonk, bonk, bonk. Just get on with it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Dishonored. Been playing that. Like I said, uh, I wanted to play very stealthy. I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get busted at all, but I chose right out of the gate. I chose one of the, uh, not the hardest level, but the next, the hardest level. I don't know if I could pick the hardest level. It's probably locked, but I picked the next, the hardest level. Yeah. And that just wasn't happening. I tried to sneak up on some people, and I did find sneaking up on one guy, stab him, but then immediately we get busted, and I had to kill somebody. Well, so yeah, that's yeah. not gonna happen. All right, I'm. All this is good news. Good news is no news. Okay, tell me about the dumb right. Godzilla game because that can't all be good. All right. Okay. The movie's getting know, good reviews, and I'm excited about that. But I don't know how I feel about a game tied into it on a phone. It's going to be awesome, the movie. I can't wait to see it. IMAX has it tomorrow night between uh, at 7 and 9. Thinking about going seriously. Also, did you read that article I sent you about the 3D, the the cinematographer? Uh, n- Cin- no. Or, or, or I Twittered you about it. Cin- the the it. cinematography. Yeah, Cin- anyway. Cinematography? Got it. Cinematography. That's what I put. I put cinematography on okay, it. Okay, all right. I always say it wrong. Anyway, yeah, he was talking about <laughs> don't go see the 3D version. No, he was actually saying it was fine. He just says he hates filming in 3D because it's such a pain in the butt. Anyway, speaking of pains in the butts, this Godzilla iPhone game, yeah. it's a pain in the butt. Of course it you've is. Probably see, you've seen the trailers. The uh, I'm sure you've seen the trailers where they kind of, the guys are skydiving. Yeah, they're and they falling out of the, the sky with the red uh, streamers on their feet. Yeah, Right, the red streamers on their feet, and they're trying to land on Godzilla for Lord knows what reason. <laughs> and so I'm going to find out this weekend. I can't wait. I can't wait to find out why these yeah. idiots are doing this. Sure. So yeah, the, the game is like that, but you got, you know, when you're, when you're playing, you're parachuting down, which is cool. I like parachuting down. And of course on an iPhone, you got your little sensor there that tells you when you go left and right. And uh, so that's what this game uses. Your, your, um, was it gyro sensor? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. You're trying to guide your little parachute dude. That sounds through terrible. the, through the, through the city. Yeah. And you got these little arrows and I have no idea what the arrows mean. All I know is that, when I don't follow them, I hit the building. And uh, and no matter how I hold my phone, I can't get through the last dang building. And I've been playing it for like two hours. It sounds like crap. It's a, it's, it's not a very good game. I'm not going to play it. I it's assume a, it's free, it's a, right? It's free. It's a free, it's yeah. free movie tie-in. I mean. Because you're playing it. It must know. be free. Yeah, absolutely. It's free. And uh, <laughs> are you kidding me? This game is free. It, it doesn't look all that great. And it's not all that fun. And it's about what you expect. But hey. I, it gave me my little Godzilla fix because I can't wait to go see that. Yeah. Well, I'm into that. Uh, yeah. And movie. that's, that's, I've played some other games, but I can't remember them all because it's been three weeks since we last did this. That's kind of a big deal, though, with, uh, with you to play that many games in a week. That's fantastic. Right. I'd actually, yeah, I've been trying to keep up. Nicole played, Stre- uh, she was playing Strep 2000, which is the hot new, uh, uh, yeah. game. It's got the, it used the Infinity Engine, and uh, mm-hmm. it's in her throat. So uh, there you go. <laughs> it's in her throat. I don't see Dan or Ooh, Casey I... yet, so we'll go on the news, and then hopefully those. But guys that's will... okay because you know it's Wednesday, and we usually do the Friday night, but we're yeah. on Wednesday night. Yeah. Chat room looks chat room looks healthy tonight. That's yeah, fine. It's good. We got to. Well, I mean, we'll get the word out more that it's. Uh, so here's the deal. If you're listening to the show live, then you already know this. But I'll tell everybody our new regular time for the time being, anyway, unless we tell you different. Is going to be Wednesday evenings, five thirty Mountain Time, seven thirty Eastern, and if you're on mm-hmm. the if you're on the West Coast, that's four thirty p.m. in the afternoon. Uh, that's East Nicole. Coast represent. Cur- currently, Nicole's sun worshiping time is four thirty. 
right uh, for me 5 30 for brian 7 30 and uh, we'll do it live and if you are paying attention to twitter we have links we post and all that other stuff so uh anyway that's our new time that's how we're gonna do it get used to it uh oh hey look at this Ooh, they must have heard you scott i'm gonna add right to the call here oh you know what i have a theme for dan hold on theme is uh <laughs> ladies and gentlemen it's dan patrice What's going on, guys? How you doing? I got it right, didn't good. I? You did perfect. Man. All right, thanks, man. Hey, did I tell you uh, our good buddies over there at uh, Cryptozoic sent me uh, a copy of the the DC card builder deck builder game? Yep. No, and the expansion. Oh, here was your Yeah, which had like I guess you can kind of stand alone it, right? Or do you have to mix them? I don't know how. It no, works. they're they're uh, you can mix them, but I would not recommend it at first, especially if you're just learning the game. It's, oh, really? It's a, they're both standalones, but um, you, the best way to do it, you know, there's kind of I don't know if did you get into the base game yet? Have you we, played it? Oh, so I've so I spent like an hour and a half getting my head around rules. They're not hard, but I I, I yeah. always like to do that, kind of like some toilet time with the rule book. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did a bunch of that this weekend. My daughter and I and a couple of uh, friends are all going to dig in deep so our plan is this weekend really that's cool well um, give me a holler if uh i'll need your advice is my guess for yeah. like five minutes i may need your i may need your advice so we'll you and i'll all hook up with the offline and get that yeah. worked yeah, out yeah it's no problem because so, it's easy so, to teach and yeah um mm. you what? can actually mix and match but you you need to take like the different sets like there's superpowers in it you mm. take like all the superpowers out of one set and take all the superpowers from the second set that's the best way to mix them if you just throw it in one big pile it's it's gonna so you just mix crazy. those decks and then craziness ensues. I mean, I, yeah. when I first looked at it, I thought, "Oh, okay, makes sense." We just combine decks like you do with a, a you know a Munchkin, a couple of Munchkin sets or something. But I, but after looking at what's in those decks, something was fishy. I'm like, I don't know if I want to just mix this. Like you can actually use either uh, either set of superheroes though, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah, that, that seems that cool. Won't change anything up either? Yeah, so yeah. So what what I may do is put them all together, so they're just there and they can be used on either box set and then just start with the one and then try the other and see how it goes from did there. They, did they send you Martian Manhunter and Starfire? I did. Yes, they were in there as extra bonus-y card things. Yeah, they're, uh, they're promos. They're really solid. And they're hard to get, aren't they? Yeah, if yeah. Not. The Martian Manhunter is, uh, is taking a while. I'm gonna, I'll probably bring a few to Nerdtacular uh, for any of the listeners just because I've got a few uh, left over. That's awesome. Uh, anyway, I'm really stoked and Cryptozoic, those guys are just awesome so they're so good over there they they uh they support our charity event every year so much and uh they're one of those companies that's just solid they make some great games and good people use that same engine Mm -hmm. that uh that dc uses yeah what's it called the uh it's called the service that's it service engine that's it yeah it. And yeah, uh, and they've got the uh, Street Fighter that just came out, yeah. and uh, the, that's the one that the Lord of the Rings uses as well. Oh, and, uh, that's cool. And Lord of the Rings, uh, people like that one too. That one's done all right. Yeah, they've got the uh, the first one, the Fellowship, and the uh, the Two Towers. And the Fellowship's probably a little bit better than Two Towers, but uh, but the other ones will be coming out uh, later oh, later cool. in this year. I think the uh, Return of the King will be. They uh, got a lot of Blizzard blood over there, so there's a lot of that sort of. Uh, it's one of the things I like about them, is I get the feeling anyway that a lot of the core. Um, mission statement slash principles of a company like Blizzard seems mm-hmm. seems to have carried over into the way yeah, well, they Corey, run. Uh, I think, didn't Corey work at Blizzard for a little he while? He did, a long time. He was in charge of all their uh, merchandise stuff and had something to do with the TCG and a bunch of other things over there. He was he was a big shot. And in fact, at the time, Cat Hunter worked for him there. He left. She took over that job. Now he started Cryptozoic. Cryptozoic is doing what they're doing and now she has left Blizzard and is now working for Corey again. Um... So yeah, they they they've got 
it, they've just got that DNA, you know, that Blizzard yeah. DNA, which is and he's a genius, Corey. Yeah, he's a, smart guy. And I don't know if you've checked out Hex at all. There, I have. Yeah, it's awesome. But it's uh, it's real good. I've been playing in the uh, beta since the because I was a backer, so it's it's a solid game. As I well. done supported it, in fact, and uh, they and they. Um, oh yeah, and I talked. I got to interview him for the instance once, which was a real treat. He's just mm-hmm. a, he's super smart guy. Yeah, he's he's an awesome. I I talk, I interviewed him about a year ago, and it was uh, and that the guy is just so open and just so nice that he'll just he just opens everything up to you. You can ask him anything. Yeah, he's the man. Uh, I mean, all right, we'll open up a couple of boxes for us, will you today? All right. What's, so what's what I've your, got this week, uh, yeah. this time of year, we're starting to get into the award season because you've got the Spiel des Jahres announcement will be coming up soon. Uh, that's kind of like the big Oscars of board gaming and stuff. Uh, and the Dice Tower announced their award nominees. Uh, and I've got a game that's a, it's a nice, another family game for you. It's called Rise of Augustus or Augustus. Okay. Now, now, bear with me. I'm going to explain it pretty easy. And, um, and I know I'm probably going to get a good laugh out of Dunway on this. It's, it's kind of it's gamer bingo. Okay. But ah. it, I'm, I'm kind of not really selling it, but it is a lot better than it sounds. So you've got these cards, uh, and you, you'll be working on three cards each, and you're going to try to uh, – you'll, you'll have a bag that has these round chits in it. They're about the size of a half dollar. You say round chits? Round chits? <laughs> or did you say chits? Chits, I'm sorry. Oh, so wait, for the non-informed like me, what's a chit? <laughs> a chit basically is a little piece of cardboard. Oh, like it's a chip, a, mm, like C-H-I-P. Kind of like a chip. Right. Oh, I think you said chip. board games are kind of like um, they're like cardboard pieces. Okay. Cardboard All right. chip. So Brian, oh, you yeah, got that little, little round shits. You got it. Okay. <laughs> got it. I'm so down you with take that. your little round shits out of the bag. <laughs> and so and what they've got is uh, there'll be um, six different. I'm sorry, seven different symbols that are on these these little uh, pieces on, on these chits <laughs> on a chit. So and each card has uh, anywhere from two to basically seven things on their on their uh, bingo cards, and you'll draw one little piece out of the bag, and there's going to be a, a symbol on it. It'll be like cross swords, a shield, a catapult, and there's different amounts of each one of them. So like a dagger, there's only one in the whole bag. Ooh. So there's different rarities of these well, things of in the bag. Right, right. And, and there's also two that are wild. So you basically, when you pull one out, you're going to put a little meeple or a little legionnaire meeple onto your cards. You're using all these words. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope I'm. That's not, all right. Uh, meeple, we remember. Okay. We got. That I, I remember meeple. Yeah. yeah. So you, and now, unlike about. unlike bingo, uh, when you when you draw a, you know draw one of the chits out, you're only going to put one of your meeples out. Not going to just put on right. all of the cards. Just put one at a time. Now, when you complete a card, you'll get uh, end up getting a bonus. But when you complete a card, you got to scream. Ave Caesar! But if you're <laughs> if you're like if you're like me, you just scream Ave Johnson! Yeah. So you just you just keep that going. Of course you do. Everyone does. <laughs> They're now, smart. They know what's good I, for them. Can I play with this? My grandma and her friends. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is this was up for um, you know family game of the year from the Dice Tower. Right, it's right. you could play this from anywhere from eight and up. Now, where the strategy lies is each of those eight and up. Each one of those cards um, actually has a power that once you complete it, you'll either get to put two more down on on somewhere else, or there's some attack cards where you'll make force somebody else or everybody else at the table to take some of their meeples off their cards, mm. and then there'll be uh, some there'll be some end game bonuses you can that you have to push your luck to cash in that you can do that. Uh, right, and there's right. also different um, there's other ones that you have to choose which card you want to do next. So there's a little bit of strategy. It's really a quick and easy game. It's just a, it's a ton of fun. Uh, it's about 30 minutes to play. You can play from two to six. Wow, that's that's me. Yeah, 
and it's it's usually only anywhere from twenty five to thirty dollars uh, from Hurricane. And I want to say Asmo Day is uh, who puts it out here in the states. But um, I'll, I'll be bringing this. It, it's really portable, and you can put it in a little little black bag. It's pretty much the the bag you're pulling your shit out of. You can pull uh, you can put all the cards and everything else in there. <laughs> big, I'm not gonna lie. If I saw this on the shelf, I probably wouldn't get it. Is it the the cover art doesn't do the justice of what you're telling me? And isn't that, isn't that sometimes happen, Dan? Like the, some of these games yeah. are such hidden gems, and they don't have the marketing or the artistic prowess or the whatever to get like the first couple of versions in front of enough eyeballs to really make it happen. And I know you get a lot of like sort of viral treatment online and if a game's good, mm-hmm. people are going to talk about it, but right. that kind of mainstream, like just Brian hanging out in a comic shop's not really going to well, grab what's it. What's funny is um, with a lot of board games, the, the one of the big knocks on a lot of board games is a lot of times the, the real good games, they just have a picture of a, a, an unhappy Euro, Euro, European guy <laughs> scowling on the cover. And it's like, well, that doesn't sell a game. <laughs> so, that's why the board game industry is so heavily reliant on reviewers, podcasters, right, video right. reviewers, and, and uh, you know and what they mouth. should do? Hire hmm. some artists. Ah, yeah. Yep. You think that's it? That might I think work. they need more more good board game artists, <laughs> right? Well, maybe Brian and I should be hired more. Maybe that's what we're saying. That's, that should be our that should be our new business. It's our credo. Yep. Uh, well, fantastic. This sounds like a good one. Uh, the name, give me the name one more time. You call it either Augustus or Rise of Augustus, depending on. Uh, usually, Rise of Augustus, you'll probably end up finding it uh, online because that's uh, when they released it over here uh, on this side of the pond. They called it uh, Rise of Augustus. And best place to get it? Um, probably just Amazon. Yeah. Uh, either Amazon or Cool Stuff Inc. They uh, they, they've got Ooh, some cool good. Cool Stuff uh, Inc. Never heard that one. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I bought that Love Letter one. What's it called? Oh, that's um, awesome! I've been meaning to uh, bring that up soon. Love Letter is an amazing. I guess it's just called Love Letter, isn't it? Yep, and it comes in a little That's red a bag, game. and it's got a few cards, and it's really real simple and easy. And um, yep. I haven't it, had a chance to play it yet, but I got it. It's the perfect game while you're waiting for uh, you know getting your food at dinner or waiting on a oh, table good. and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I was thinking this is one great. of those 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 adult games you buy in the adult stores. Oh yeah, it's not. love letter. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's an easy game. You just you basically you you draw a card, play a card, and uh, you know. Right. And, and you, you want to do, uh, you know, each time when you, it's so fast that when you win a round, you just shuffle them up and go again. And it's basically, you get this whoever wins four rounds like wins. <laughs> right. That's right. Brian, and you it, find yeah. it, you find it in the corner of Spencer's. Your mom doesn't let you go, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Love Letter, it's, uh, it's been ported to so many different, like they put, people have put out like X-Men versions where they kind of put the art on there and you can print those out and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's right. pretty crazy. Well, that's And that's awesome. less than 10 bucks too. Dan is the board game man, and he comes on the show and talks about these things. If you want to learn more about him or follow him, where do they go? You go at, at Geek Jock Blog or check, us, check me out on the Geek All-Stars podcast. And I will be getting, I'll be getting some threads going on the uh, Nerdtacular uh, to, you know, so we can get yeah. some uh, board gaming going and see what people want me to demo. There does seem Six to be weeks. great interest in all of that. So I'm very uh, stoked about it, and it's going to be awesome to have you there. Thanks again, Dan. We'll see you next time, buddy. All right, guys. We'll be good when you're pulling out your chit. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> pulling like out that, your chit. That Dan makes me laugh. He's a hoot. I like it. I like it too. Love letter. I'm looking at this. Love letter board game. It looks uh looks uh Victorian. Right. Good job. Right. Uh, I like it. But I, I do like know. that 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 game he explained. It's it looks like fun when you start looking at the pictures and stuff. I'm on uh boardgamegeek.com or whatever. Yeah. It looks interesting. Yeah, it looks yeah. good. It looks good. Valkyrie needs food. I need food. A little bit of news for you. Nudes. This week. Nudes. Uh, Microsoft Oops. is following Sony's lead. Microsoft Xbox Live Gold has been restructured. Open access to Netflix, Hulu, and all that. No more kind of paywall to get to Netflix, which is so stupid. ridiculous. 
That well, how that lasted that long, I still don't know. I guess enough people still paid for it. But uh, right. somebody online yesterday on Twitter was saying, and they would have been somebody kind of in the know, but they had a prediction. It's a pra- Pactor, Michael, some somebody, some industry analyst guy right, was right. saying that watch um, Microsoft uh, uh, shares plummet as a result what? because they're right. going to lose a ton of gold subscribers because most of the reason those people are still there is because this box requires it for the paywall to get to Netflix. Right. Possible, but I don't know if it's that big a deal. I, I don't think I don't think it's a big deal. At this point, I think uh, I think it's kind of like this. The people who have I, I think the people who have Xbox Live Gold, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna migrate to the gamer gold, which is still required so that you can play your online games with people. But this only this only drops down so it goes, okay, if you buy an Xbox One and you don't want to have to pay for the stupid subscription service, you can still watch the Netflix and Hulu. So it's exactly what we said. It's an entertainment center that you can hop on and and do that, which is what they're trying to kind of come in line with how PlayStation does. Plus, they're going to kind of go, okay, as well, you get you know you get these mini games for download for free when you subscribe to the Gold Gamer Live thing. So I, I don't think it's going to really make I don't I don't really think it's going to make much difference as far as as money goes, but I think it's going to be a little bit towards goodwill. Yeah, maybe. And, now this other rumor that they're dumping that they're I don't even know if it's a rumor anymore but they're going to strip no, the Xbox it. Connect is it for real they're doing this? Well they're there's what they're doing is they're creating another level. They're going okay we have the the Xbox with the Connect and then we have and an now entry we level have yeah with entry level which is the same price as the PS4 so they're kind of like trying to compete directly. And I didn't of, think this was a done deal. I thought this was all rumor that they were going to announce at E3. This is this is official or is this guy just saying maybe? I I read says this is uh, it's a done deal. Uh, hmm. Pretty recent, pretty recent news. Let's see. I'm trying to see as well. So it says here in defending the decision to strip the Connect motion sensor from the Xbox One. Well, that sounds like a real deal. Hold on, I'm going to click right, that right. link because this is definitely an opinion piece. Here we go. Four hundred, four hundred dollar Xbox One without Connect coming June 9th drops live yep. gold requirement for streaming. Yeah, so absolutely, that seems to be the case. I think that's fine. I mean. Basically, market conditions. Market conditions have said people don't care that much about the Connect sensor. So, unless you're going to do something amazing with it, why keep it tethered to the box and have that be a hundred bucks more? I mean, basically, for people to complain about this or that we somehow lose out is kind of silly because the reason it's not happening is because we didn't buy it. So, right. I I don't think it would change my. I don't think it would change my mind any. But I don't know. You know, if maybe. If mom or dad is at the store, you know, it's, it's a birthday gift. $100 is a big deal. You know, you go, okay, they said they either want a, an Xbox or they want a PlayStation, and we got to kind of decide, and one's $100 more than the other. Well, I'm, mom, I'm a lot more likely to get one uh, at this price than I was with the Connect because I don't care about the Connect right. at all. At all, I right. don't care. Now, this you can you can email me and, and tell me I'm wrong 100 times over. That's mm-hmm, fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I really don't care about it. So, as a would, consumer looking to save buy, a little scratch, this is this is a good move for me. Right. As a, I would buy the one with the Connect, but that's just me because I've always enjoyed the Connect on the 360. So, but you but know, have you like really? What'd you ever do with the thing? What'd you do with it? I, I, we, we made sweet love together. <laughs> well, I don't doubt that. But like, did you right. ever enjoy a game that used it? Give me an example. Oh yes, uh, the Gunslinger was or Gunstringer was uh, was a really fun game. I played the crap out of that, and also the. Um, How long did you really play it though? 
Well, about as long as I played the 360. And then I put it up and said, I'm done with this crap. Where's my PlayStation at? I mean, I, but, really, uh, yeah. I really want an Xbox One, I, but I'm, I've been on the fence for a while because I just feel like this right. weird stuff's being shook out still, and it still is being shooken out, shaken out, that's, shooken out. That's the only thing I think that probably concerns, uh, you know, true gamers is kind of like, okay, this thing's still shifting a little bit. Let's wait just a little bit longer and see what's going to happen here. Mm. But, uh, but to mom and dad and grandma, they don't give a crap. It's like, they, like I said, they go to the store, they see the price, they make a decision. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah. But there, anyway, that's, that's happening, I guess. Uh, that's kind of weird breaking news. Nintendo's prepping a new console, but no, re, uh, no release until Wii U owners are satisfied. <laughs> this is a weird thing. Um, it is really weird. Why do you I think? I guess they're afraid. They just, I think they're just, I, 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 honestly, I think Nintendo just doesn't know what to do. I'll, I won't lie to you. I think they're just flummoxed. They're just, I think they're afraid to do anything. To be honest with you, to do I what do you mean? Like they're afraid of what? Afraid of? I think they're afraid to make any any statement at all because I'm afraid if they say, "Oh, we got a new console coming out," the the, the community will rally up and go, "We told you the Wii U sucked. Ha! It was a failure. Time to move on, Nintendo." And so Nintendo kind of goes, "Uh, we're making a new console, but hey, you know what? We're gonna we're still gonna support the Wii U. You know." Well, this is what so, they say. Once we launch a new platform, we naturally start. Uh, to prepare for the next one. It takes several right. years to develop. Now, none of this is news. They're all doing this. Oh, absolutely. They There's all do this. Five, I'm sure. And that's yeah. fine. I get it. But them bringing it up, that right. probably means something. <laughs> that's them going, ooh, it's not going good for us on the Wii U front. So we're already well on this, and you guys should be happy about that because we got something cool coming, even though we're probably years away from anything. Yeah. So I, I to me, like it's an on-story because they're, they're just trying to create a little fake PR. A little PR. I love Nintendo, man. I love Nintendo. I me want too. Nintendo to, su- to succeed and give me 20 good reasons to get a new console from them. So far, right. they've given me one, and it has Mario in it again. So, <laughs> I mean, really, that's just the way it is. So if I want... It's the truth. I really want them to pull it out and figure this out. Because nah. let's go back to them making some Blubber hot... Balls. Let's have another hot, cutting-edge, technically cutting-edge console come out on the market. Let's go back to awesome controllers. Don't gimmick that thing up. I don't right. need your touch screens. I don't need your other stuff. Just gr- incredibly amazing games. Right. First party any- Nintendo games. And you'll and then I'll buy your new machine. I'll be ready. Right. You know, Nintendo usually brings in a new character in in their whole lore. You know, usually during every console. Has there been anything for the Wii U that is just no. like No. Totally new content. Nope. No. No. Yeah. No, but a, but name one on the Wii too. I, I'm, Wii Sports maybe, or the Me itself. Sports. Maybe that's yeah, it. That'll probably be the thing. Before that, GameCube, you'd probably say uh, the Luigi's cell, Mansion, cell shaded Zelda, Luigi, and the Luigi. You know, Luigi getting a bigger, getting in the front seat there for a bit. Yep. Oh, yep. I got the Luigi outfit in uh, Mario Golf. That thing gives me oh. plus three to my drive, and nice. I think another plus one to my sweet spot. You can- you can play Luigi, right? Yeah, oh yeah. You can play. See, that's the thing is the there's like an adventure mode thing where you're playing your me and you're right. accumulating all this stuff. But you can play just regular old ass golf and choose any of the characters. So I'll I'll pull right. Wario out and have him go. Meh, meh, meh. So what do you what do you reckon uh, Luigi's wearing on the memory card there when you're using his outfit? Um, I think he's uh, just wearing his little mustache there. Yeah, he's naked. He's wearing, right. his wieners out. <laughs> Forrest Gump, eight bit cinema. Uh, this did you watch? Is, did I did you watch, watch this? It. It's pretty good. Yeah, 
It's pretty That's good. pretty awesome. It's pretty good. It's like they keep doing with these things. They take a movie or a TV show and say, hey, what would it be like if it was an 8-bit adventure game or something? That's yeah, I would play this game. The only bad thing is, though, usually it's just humorous. It's just like, oh, that's clever. Oh, yeah. that's so clever. Yeah. I actually want to play this game. Check it out. Forrest Gump. Press start. Press start. Okay, continue. Well, that's a loud sound. He has to run away from the, the bullies. <laughs> you have to run. You have to, you have to do the old two-button run fast. Run, Forrest, run. There's a mini game where you have to assemble a rifle real fast. <laughs> right? I'm telling you, man, I would play this game. It's pretty, it. it's pretty creative, actually. Was uh, there ever a Forrest Gump video game? No, there was not. Because why sure? would there be? Yeah, there's no way. Guaranteed there wasn't. And there wouldn't be one today, dude. Think about it. That movie's not a tie-in to a video game at all. This Lieutenant Dan! This ain't, <laughs> this ain't no Star Wars or, Star, or uh, Spider-Man or any of that. Right, right. Uh, my favorite news of the last couple of weeks, the Unreal Tournament uh, future has been uh, explained. Uh, a new Unreal Tournament will be free. You get to help build it. It's community-driven and make mods and do all that stuff. You can even sell those mods within the game. It'll be a free-to-play platform. They're not going to have microtransactions in from them. I believe right. this is Unreal, a.k.a. Epic, uh, doing a thing that helps them keep selling their engine uh, because right, here's right. a showcase for it, and they can always be adding on to it and showing it off. And I don't care, even if it is a corporate ploy, because I am way stoked for a new Unreal Tournament. Oh, me too. The only thing is, I think that I'm, I'm worried this might be in development hell for a long time. Oh, I think fast. I'll bet we have this thing in the next. I'll bet they have the core of it now. Right. I'll bet they're done. I'll bet, I'll bet you by Christmas or by, I'll bet you by Christmas we have this thing. You think so? Yep, I do. All right. And I'm I believe you. way excited about it. You're pretty good with that kind of stuff. I, I think you have, like, I think Biff came back in time and gave you a baseball book or something. He did, and then he cleaned right. my car because I told him to. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> what else here? Clean e- my car, old man. Let's talk about E3 real quick. So that's, in a, what, a week and a half? Uh, no, close. two weeks, something like that. Uh, I have, you know, I, there's a lot of things that could be predicted, but Nintendo is not doing a full-on press conference, so I predict virtually no. nothing from them. Um, I hope they have something cool to show, but I, I really don't. I mean, if you're not going to have a giant press conference, then what are you doing? Um, right. Sony, no idea, honestly. I think they're riding a wave right now. They're they're ahead in this new console uh, generation uh, right. by a pretty significant number, and I feel like they're going to do things that will help knock that home. I hope what that means is lots of exclusive, lots of third parties, lots of focus on indies like usual, and not dropping the ball because they got a lot to live up to. There's no Jack Trenton right. anymore, so I don't know what... I don't know who comes out and talks, uh, but without Jack, it's not quite the same for me. I love Jack Trenton. You think they'll parade out like a a, a spaceship full of multi multi diverse people? <laughs> just you know what I mean? Multicultural, multicultural diversity? Probably not. Yeah. I think they're going to let developers talk a lot. I think they're into that right now. So right. I think you'll have a lot of devs on stage demoing things and talking about what's coming. Um, and then they're going to show off some cool stuff like that 1839 or whatever it's called. Uh, mm-hmm, I forgot the mm-hmm. name, but anyway, that thing that no one quite knows what it is yet. That uh, thing. Other exclusives like that. That's all very exciting, but I don't know that we should expect anything mind boggling. Um, right, right. Somebody, either they, I think there'll be a lot of destiny stuff, but these are oh, all, yes. these are all known factors. As far as things that are not known, uh, either they or Microsoft or both. It depends on who wants to spend the most money to do this or if Zenimax slash uh, what's-their-names don't even care. But Fallout 4 will be shown and announced. I'm gu- I'm sure of it. 100% oh, yeah. sure of it. Yeah. 
This right. that you got to have that game this fall, and I want that game so bad. So uh, Fallout Four, my big prediction for next gen consoles coming up. And uh, I don't know what Microsoft's going to do. They're going to have to do something big, probably to kind of counter their current second place position with right, the right. new console. Uh, continue to keep the 360 market healthy, which is still pretty dominant. You know, there's a lot they they have to live up to after a pretty abysmal E3 last year. Like, right. don't, don't forget, E3 last year, complete nightmare for Microsoft. Complete. It was, wasn't good. Hor- well, it, it, Horrible t- town, USA.com. Right. It was bad. Not, not while it was happening. They didn't realize. They didn't, but we did. They didn't realize what was happening at the time. And that, that's, that's, that's the whole but reason we knew. why. We knew what was happening, and we knew it was falling apart. We knew it was real ugly real quick. And, and Sony took advantage of them, and it was just bad, bad right. scene. <laughs> took advantage of them. This year like, is their they year. They took them out back and took advantage of them. This is their year to, to kick it back, and I'm excited to see what right. Microsoft does because I, I like me some Microsoft games. I just want to see what they right. do. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to totally agree with you on almost all of that. I mean, I think that uh, I, Nintendo's not going to have anything to say if, no. if they even get up. Uh, Sony is definitely going to is going to focus on their developer angle, and they're going to focus on a couple of new games, and they're going to talk about how the, you know this game will be able to do 60 frames per second at 1080, and you know it's going to be it's all going to be focused on the the good upcoming goodwill they've they've already fostered with gamers they're yeah, they're totally so. going to focus on the gamer hope so microsoft you're right and microsoft's going to get up and they're going to talk about sports or something and some tv stuff <laughs> i bet they better not die. they that focus on tv was a mistake they need to switch that up and not I talk about that anymore at least 15 minutes of tv crap i guarantee i guarantee you they're going to be talking about the new you know they're going to, go, of course, be talking about the new live subscription and how it's great now. It's going to be better than ever. We've got we got it all figured out. And I'll bet they do nothing but focus on games. So th- that's going to be our bet for E3. You and I. Right. You're, you right. bet they're going to kind of keep going back to that well of oh, how yeah. this ties into your TV watching and your sports they're channels stubborn. and all that. I know they are, but I think they've got they're in a point now where they got to not be stubborn. Sony was stubborn, and Sony figured oh. out a way not to be so stubborn. So I, th- I feel like Microsoft may be in that same position. Even if they're not, I still predict more core game focus from them. Right, right. And I'm all for that. It's 1930, Scott. 1930. 1930. 1930. 1930. Not 1836 or whatever you said it was. Whatever I said it was. I don't remember. Is it 19? <laughs> that's not 1930. They're making that know. up in the chat room because they're, 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 they're TMS listeners and they're making fun of a Daryl thing. Here, you need to hear this so you know. Hold on. Daryl, You know Daryl, the Trek nerd. Yeah. The trick nerd, I got it. He, I know him. He sent this in once. Hold on, I gotta find it now. 1930. Here it is. Check this out. 1930. 1930. 1930. 1930. There you go. That's I love Daryl that. singing 1930. That makes me laugh. I have no idea why he's singing 1930, though. I don't either. It's really weird. 1930. Here's what he sent as a follow up. You want to hear that? Here's what yes, please. Here's what he said right there. Here you go. Let's get to an email. Uh, why not? Why not emails, I say? You have emails? Got one. Cindy wrote in and says, I just finished my playthrough of Metro. This is Metro Last Light, I believe. I assume that's right. one she means. And really liked it. The story and voice acting was great. I played through the audio set to Russian and English subtitles, so it felt a little more like I was in the game. I usually play these games with keyboard and mouse, but this one I switched over to a controller, and it actually felt better. I would actually agree. I think that game's pretty good on a controller. Although, I don't know. Gun to my head, I just think I'd still go keyboard and mouse. But anyway, whatever. Right. Besides uh, being back in Diablo 3, I've started another playthrough of Mass Effect series and instantly on, on Insanity difficulty, Insanity. I finished Mass Effect 1 and what? 
And halfway through Mass Effect 2. For some reason, this is cutting off on my browser. I don't know why. Oh, interesting. I'm yeah, curious so how many people are still... Oh, now it's working. That's weird. Still uh, doing the multiplayer on ME3 uh, for when I get to it and what effect it will have on my ability to get 100% ally compliance. Uh, thanks for the show, Cindy. So my understanding is there's still a pretty vibrant player base playing ME3 online. So you might be in good shape. Right, right. It's surprising, though, a little bit that that's still going strong. But I guess there are people still are still into that. Uh, so I think you'll be fine. It depends on how quick you get there, I suppose. But if you've already finished one and you're halfway through two, I think you're on track. You'll, you'll be fine. Cindy, you has, Cindy is, has a lot of gaming time, by the way. Just throwing that out there. I was about to say because I'm, I'm like, good lord. You know, is this gonna is this gonna be a trend? Because you know, we've seen we've seen Nicole kind of go back and play through the Bioshock series, where you know we've got a full yep. story arc. I mean. Is this going to eat into new games time? I mean, is yeah, it going to is yes. it going to stop us from doing that? You think it could uh, a little bit of collect? Yes and no. I feel like there's a I don't know. Like when do we when do we get in that uh, the 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 Watchdogs? That's like uh, a week, yes. two weeks next, yes. week. Next, Soon. next week. Soon. Soon. It's this month. So there's a lot coming up that will finally be like brand new shiny game. Right. And right. that may determine a lot of things. I still don't know where I'm at with that game. I don't know if I want it or not. I can't tell. I know it's going to be good. It's not my problem. My problem is I don't know if I have the I don't want to, the time I don't for want to it. Miss out. I don't want to miss out. But yeah, well, you might miss out. I don't want to miss out. Don't miss out, Brian. I'm not. I'm getting it. Act- no, actually, I'm not because I'm, I'm going to be too busy playing Wolfenstein. Good for you. That game I'm going to get. We're kicking it old school. Yeah, I forgot about that game. That game's going to be awesome. Speaking of old school, or speaking of Wolfenstein. Steen. I say Steen. What do you Wolfen, say, Stein? Wolfenstein. I say Steen. I say Wolfenstein. All right. You're from the like South. Franken, you can be Frankenstein. Our old school game today is Kung Fu Master. Nothing to do with uh, that game. Oh, oh. And about 10 years before that game even came out. It's Kung Fu Master 1984. It was an arcade game known in Japan as Spartan X. Yeah. Much, Real much dumb. Real dumb. Uh, worse than Kung Fu Master? Yep. Yep. All right. No, yes. No. I mean, close. No. Uh, close. It is a 1984 beat em up arcade game developed and published in Japan by Irem. It is uh, later published here in, the North, in North America by Data East, and the Japanese version was based on the Jackie Chan movie Wheels on Meals. <laughs> Uh, that was known as Spartan X in Japan. Again, real stupid naming. Right. Uh, it, was, anyway. it was tied in much better. It is really, really weird. Also would you have a- played it? Would you have played it if it had been called Wheels on Meals? <laughs> Probably not, no. Probably not, yeah. No, I think it was the right name to call it Kung Fu Master over here because I think it fit right. our... It, 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 that's smart. That's actually good marketing, but why was it called Spartan X? That's dumb, too. Master, anyway. Master. It contains elements of Bruce Lee's Game of Death as well. It's a very early beat-em-up. Real simple characters. Left, right, punch, bam, kick, boom, done. Boom. Uh, the plot is simple. The player takes the role of Thomas. He was not alone. Thomas was alone. I was about Thomas. Was that, was that for our American sensibilities? Maybe. Maybe not, though. That may have just been the character. Right. I mean, they, maybe they were trying to get our... You know, get us interested. I don't know. But Thomas's it's girlfriend, actually, Sylvia, it's, it's, got kidnapped yeah. by criminals, and Thomas must fight through five side-scrolling floors of enemies to rescue her. Brutally summarized as, rescue girlfriend, hit people. <laughs> the U.S. and U.K. versions opened with uh, the explanation, a kung fu master, Thomas, and Sylvia were attacked by some unknown guys. Some unknown guys. Sylvia we don't know was, who these guys are. Said, at the end, it said in parentheses, uh, so Sylvia was kidnapped by them, unquote. Right, right. Uh, let's not see Brian playing it. Let's hear somebody else play it because you did not play it tried, poorly I or otherwise. I, I couldn't get it to work. 
All right, Google, why is it so slow today? Here we go. Sylvia, you're low. Okay. Here we go. Kung Fu Master. Go! But that's real bad sound sampling, isn't it? Well, Mav Ready for. I know this music. I remember it. Okay. We're better at games now. I'm just saying. Maybe a little bit. A lot better now than we, we a little used bit. to be. But it's still a fun game. I remember playing it back in the day. It kind of uh, kind of took me into that Rolling Thunder thing that I did not too long after that. What, 87, yeah. 88? Yeah. I used to love <laughs> Rolling Thunder. Oh, yeah, me too. It was a good game. We've talked about that on the show before. And we've done many things on the show before. One of them is finish it. We're done. We're done. We're out. We're done? We're That's done. it? We're done. We've completed we- what we came here to do. If you folks at home want to email us, you can podcast at finalscoreshow.com on the website, finalscoreshow.com. Find us on Twitter, TFS Show, Scott Johnson, The Brian Dunaway, and Nicole Spag. Find us all over the damn place. Brian, anything you got going on you want to mention? Of course. Last night, Scott Johnson appeared on episode 200 of Comics Coast to Coast, which you'll hear this Friday when I post it. Mm. You guys are slow posting schedule. Man, that would kill me. Hey, I have a life or something you do you're fine you're good mm. i'm with you uh yeah it was fun to be on there thanks for that that was a good time I you were it. great yeah. you were fantastic if you if you if you're not interested in comics at all don't worry scott didn't talk about comics I, so. yeah there was a lot of a <laughs> lot of talk about a lot of things let's say that if you're interested in life that's the right. that's the episode for you um that's it for me and brian oh brian's uh brian's always got other cool stuff going on so make sure you follow him on twitter absolutely the brian dunaway everybody that's me uh, Nicole will be back next time. She'll feel better. We'll probably hear from Casey next time. I don't know what happened to him tonight, but he was, uh, he was a new show. It's uh, a jerk. Sorry. We'll play this. Hey, I got it. I got it. It's just for him. Yeah. I got a quiz for you. Go. Who wasn't here tonight? Uh, Nicole, Casey. Casey and Nicole and Casey. Uh, that's going to do it for us, everybody. Thank you all for being here. If you've got questions for us, if you love us, if you like us, tell us so give us reviews on iTunes or wherever podcasts are downloaded. Uh, I think that's it. Watch for my Mario codes. I'll be putting them on Twitter soon, at Scott Johnson. I'm excited about those. They're real easy to get into, quick to play. Doesn't take that much commitment. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, and for the ill and ailing Nicole. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Oh. Hey guys, this is Sweet Kicks with Bricks, and today's Kickstarter highlight is Armello. Did I say that right, Trent? Armello? That's completely right. All right. And today we have Trent with us today, who is uh, working on that wonderful Kickstarter. Thanks for joining us, Trent. No problem at all. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your Kickstarter. Let's just go right into it. Okay, so Armello is a digital card and board game, essentially. We're trying to bring board games to life. So you play as a hero from one of the four clans of Armello and you're out on a quest to claim the throne for your clan because the king has contracted this disease, this dark force called the rot, and it's slowly taking his life and twisting him deeper and deeper into madness. And so you're off on a quest to save Armello and claim the throne before any of the other heroes do. 
Awesome. So one thing, and I'm sure you've heard this a lot from other people, but one thing when I uh, saw your Kickstarter, the one thing that stood out a lot was just the amazing illustrations and artwork mm-hmm. of Armello. And I was just sitting there watching your trailer for for your Kickstarter. And I was like, this needs to be made into a full-length feature and so I could just sit here and watch these characters interact with each other. It was just, it was so good. Like, it's just those couple minutes of watching those characters and even though there wasn't really, there wasn't dialogue or anything, I, I was already entranced with what was going to happen and it's it's awesome thanks yeah we we get a lot of people saying that um you know so many people want to see like a a series or a full-length feature and stuff like that and of of course we would too um our first focus is is on the game but should that be successful um you know hopefully we'd love to explore the world of Armello and you know the stories that take place within that world a lot more and 12 Field are just absolutely phenomenal. They're the, they're the animation studio that we collaborate with on these things. And um, so, you know, we collaborate closely with uh, Adam Duncan and Anne-Marie Denham, who are the two sort of leading that charge on their end. And they're just so incredibly talented. And they lend their expertise to the game as well. Like Adam Duncan is our lead character designer, and he works very closely with Ty Carey, our art director, um, to ensure that, you know, Armello is as amazing as it can be. And so, yeah, we're, we're ever grateful for them being a part of the League of Geeks family. Great. So what what made you guys and what kind of inspired you to want to create an interactive board game on, on in a video game platform? <clears throat> um, yeah, well, basically, it just comes down to the fact that we are tabletop gamers and we love tabletop games. Uh, we play them all the time, you know, whether it be role-playing games or board games or card games, things like that. And we're also video game developers as well. So it basically came down to the fact that we wanted to create a game together. We came together to collaborate on something. We're like, what could we make? And we wanted to do something where we could carve stories of our friends and, you know, have that awesome sense of adventure. And we were all playing board games on our iPads at the time. And they're just, just atrocious. A lot of them, like this is, (laughs) yeah, this is three years ago. And so we've gotten, they've gotten better um, during that time. Um, there are some amazing games on the um, board games on the iPad now, but yeah, back then they were just they were just pathetic, and we we knew that we could bring our expertise and our, our talents to the space and really do something special and elevate, you know, what board games can and you know could be, and you know, just carve out our own little space, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. It's nice that you you can combine two of your passions and loves and combine them into one thing and be able to share that with everybody else. Yeah, it's fantastic. We had a blast. Um, we prototyped the, we prototyped the game on paper for about eight months and that was just a super awesome period. And, you know, and now being able to take that to the platforms and make the magic happen and see, see that all the projections and predictions, predictions that we had made about, you know, being able to do this, that this is a viable thing that you could take a board game to a digital platform and really improve upon, the experience, um, you know, and that's not for every board game, but for this one in particular, most definitely, um, it, see that it's proving true is it's a super exciting thing. Yeah. So, so you have, you know, you're a team of, of video game developers and you love board games, but has anyone ever been involved with a, a team before that has created a, a board game or a tabletop game? Um, sort of tangentially. Like, I mean, we've always been designing sort of board games and stuff since, you know, we were kids, like you play with your friends. And I know Ty Carey, our art director, has um, is a couple of like beautiful twin girls, young girls, and they 
um, he's always making like little card games with them and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we tinker and then um, some of the crew as well, like some of the guys and girls on the team actually illustrate for different different board game companies and tabletop companies and stuff like Ty Kerry, our art director, is, has been a digital illustrator within the role-playing scene for a long time, doing, um, you know, covers for things like Cthulhu Tech and Dragon Age role-playing books and some illustrations for Warhammer and stuff like that, So and Shadowrun even. So, you know, we, we're sort of tangentially linked to that to that sort of space, I guess you could say. Cool. So on your Kickstarter right now, you're already, uh, as we are recording this, you are already over 50% your way there. And uh, the game, you know, the Kickstarter has only been going for a little over a week, right? Yeah. It's only been like nine days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, you guys are moving towards at a really good rate. And I, I have no doubt that you guys will be fully funded by, you know, you have still have 22 days to go and you already have. 2300 backers and you guys are making good progress on this on that so that's exciting yeah it's it's really cool you know kickstarter has this incredible spike like we made 65,000 on the first day and that, that was just, yeah that was just bananas um but then it really plateaus off after that so after that initial 65k you know the next day was 20k and then the day after that was you know like 10k and now we're getting down to about sort of um you know 3,000 to 6,000 sort of average days and that's well, great. it's kind of yeah it's it's good but at the same time it's kind of it's really stressful I've heard another yeah. uh, developer <laughs> friend of mine refer to this uh, to Kickstarter as the 30 days of despair because um, <laughs> it's just like you know we we can make the game with $200,000 obviously we wouldn't come to Kickstarter unless we could deliver on all our promises for that amount of money but we you know we'd really love to hit some stretch goals and you know be able to um make the game a bit more comfortably um so it's yeah. always it's always great but I uh, you know the spike at the end of the campaign is usually um sometimes uh, greater than the spike at the start. So I have no doubt we'll hit it as well, but we're really still trying to sort of beat that drum and get everyone to support us and have people share it. It's super important to keep that momentum going. Yeah, it's a it's a nerve-wracking thing. You know, you have the, yeah, you have the big, big boost at the beginning and kind of a big boost at the end. It's funny how that, it just works out that way. Yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's quite a wild environment. You know, it's, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing really like it out there. Um, you, you quickly find out. So with the when you guys are funded and you are uh, in the process of then developing the game more fully, when can people expect to have the game delivered to them after you guys are, are ready to give it to people? Yeah, so um, if we're not exactly completely sure on the dates um, of when this stuff will drop, uh, obviously we've got to get back in the office once. We've got to figure out how much money we've got and then what that can do for us um, and then <coughs> see, excuse me, and then see where we can go with that. Uh, we have a we we have a, a core team ready to go, and we've got a pretty good idea of where we're going to hit things. So we hope to have some form of um, release before the end of the year. So whether that be um, you know like a beta for our backers or something like that, or you know and you know even get to the point where we can have our our alpha and beta sort of runs for our backers, and then get um, an open beta going for the public. Um, that'd be fantastic. That's our that's our ultimate goal for the year. Um, and then hopefully sometime early next year, I mean, Q1 of the calendar year, um, do a do a full release. But the thing with the League of Geeks is that um, we, you know, we sort of don't, we don't get into this for no, no good reason. Like we want our game, we want this game to be special. It needs to be special. And so we'll give it the time that it deserves to, you know, make sure that it's the experience that everyone, everyone expects. Yeah. So uh, with the, 
with the game, so you obviously everything's digital, but uh, have you teased the aspect or thought of the aspect of maybe bringing it to a regular type of board game as well? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Everyone, the irony of you know prototyping something on paper for digital platforms for people to just ask whether we're going to bring it bring it out on you know a paper platform is is yeah, quite yeah. ironic. But um, we get asked that all the time. It's something that we'd love to do. Um, we'd probably like to work with a partner on it because um, there's a lot of design hurdles to overcome. So because the game was designed for digital platforms, even when it was prototyped on paper, meant that it has like, you know, every character has four or five character sheets to look after and maintain. And the game needed two GMs to run it at any one time. And it was very heavy because we, you know, while we were designing it, we offloaded a lot onto what would eventually become the iPad or the PC. And so that we needed people on there sort of moving NPCs around the board, and, you know, crunching everyone's numbers and stuff like that. Um, so it's not really the easiest game to translate to a paper platform, ironically. Um, yeah, and, that, and that's totally understandable. Yeah. But we, we, you know, we'll see how we go. Um, it, it would be awesome if we're, it really depends on the success of the game. Like if the game's, you know, stupidly successful and people are still asking for it and we've got some, some cash in the kitty or some spare time to be able to do something like that, you know, we'd love to see a physical incarnation of Armello. Yeah, and it, and it's exciting to see people excited about it. I mean, people are like, okay, well, I want to see a movie of this and then I want to see a paper board game of this and then maybe we'll have a role-playing game of this and all these things. It's It's fun to see people be excited about the idea and the creation that you have just in one area and how they even want you to expand it even more. So it's it's exciting to see how excited people are about it. Yeah, that really means a lot to us because from the start, we really set out to create a world more so than to create a game. Like we, we set out to create a place where you know, they could tell stories in different mediums where we could bring out graphic novels or novellas or do a full feature film or a series or do a physical board game or even like a, you know, a pen and paper role playing game. Um, and the the license could just um, seamlessly move across all of those. That was even though we were creating a board game from the start, we wanted the we needed the world and the characters and and the backstory and the premise and everything to be super rich. And we needed people to be able to um, identify with that. And so all this really means um, in regards to having people asking for the board or asking for the board game or asking for a series or asking for a movie or for a role playing game is that, you know, we've achieved that goal. And that's that's super flattering and, and a great thing to hear. Yeah. And you guys are, you know, getting great comments and great reviews from, uh, you know, uh, media industry people mm-hmm. like uh, Kotaku and Game Informer. Yep. And, uh, and and that's great. It's you, it's nice to have the the media behind you guys saying that your game is awesome as well. So that's going to help boost up your, your your credibility even more. So that's that's awesome as well. Yeah, certainly. Like we, we've. I've shown the game to the press of, you know, a, a heap since sort of GDC 2013. And that was the first time that we showed them. And I remember being on the plane and freaking out that, you know, that the game wasn't ready and that, you know, I was thinking we were going to sink the studio because, you know, they weren't going to be impressed or anything. But every <laughs> every person that we've shown the game um, from the press is just, they're just completely enamored with it straight away. They get it. They get what we're going for. They see the the craftsmanship that we're putting into it and, you know, the effort that we're going to. I actually showed it to a couple of journalists last night um, in here in Boston. We went out for dinner and when I when I pulled it out, I was showing them and they were just silent. And I was like, oh, God, I wonder how it's going. And then, and then one of them just said, holy shit, you know, and it's like, you know, so it's they, they really get it. And I think it, it, it really 
strikes people um, just instantly, you know, like the visuals are just incredible, like Ty and the team have just done such a great job. Um, but then the fact that when I start to show them the systems or when I start to start to show them how they how they sort of all interact with each other and, you know, the game at large and how it works, then that and then seeing them respond to that is, you know, is is a fantastic vote of confidence for what we're doing. Yeah, that's great. So where can people find out more about your game or more and how to get in contact with you guys? What are the best places to uh, reach out to you? Yeah, sure. So you can reach out to us. If you want to personally reach out to um, League of Geeks, you can hit us up at admin at leagueofgeeks.com. We, we keep our eyes on that um, and reply to every message and email that comes through there. Um, but also there's a, there's a bunch of articles on the, on the Internet. Um, so if you search on Mellow, you'll be able to find some fantastic articles from Kotaku and Rock, Paper, Shotgun and Game Informer. We've done a bunch of previews around the place. Um, Destructor did a great one recently. So you can, it's not hard to find information on our Mellow. And then on top of that, we've got some, a small bit of information broken down on our website. But the Kickstarter is probably the best place to go right now to figure out sort of what's going on with the game and what it's all about and the world and the license. And especially in some of our updates where we detail the clans and we've started to detail some of the heroes and Lisa Gerard's involvement. So definitely yeah. start at the Kickstarter and then start doing some Google searches from there, I'd say. Great. And uh, you guys are also on, on social media. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I follow you already on Facebook and everything. You guys are pretty up to date on, and informing everyone. So that's really good. So everyone should go check out their Facebook page. That's a good source of information as well. And yeah, so that's, that's awesome, Trent. This is an awesome project and I'm excited you know, to be able to talk to you about it and excited for you to be able to have this become a reality. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's it's just been a wonderful experience seeing everyone react to it the way they have. So, you know, please jump online, check it out, back it, um, tell your friends. And yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll cross this goal and, you know, hit a few stretch goals along the way. Great. So you heard it, people. Go check out Armello on Kickstarter and go back. This is going to be an awesome game and it's going to be something that everyone's going to be able to enjoy. So that's it for Sweet Kicks with Bricks. I'm Barry Rick saying so long. And remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Bricks2312 or you can check me out on my podcast, The Closet Geek at theclosetgeek.net and certainly listen to The Final Score next week and Sweet Kicks with Bricks. Thanks, Trent, for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. This is Casey with a music memory. Do you know what I'm tired of? Sequels to blockbuster video games that basically carbon copy the previous title with milk toast tweaks in an utterly miserable attempt to sell it as a brand new experience. I have far more respect for you when you shake things up, even if you don't exactly hit the mark. My case in point is Castlevania 2. I actually enjoyed this game, granted I only first played it many years after the release. The target demographic for video games was quite a bit younger back in those days, and if you get the chance, I suggest giving it another go now that you're more mature. And of course, turn up the music.
is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.